0: Hobby addicts no It's time for hobby addicts. And now here are your anime addicts.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Hobby Addicts. It's another week of fun hobbies with Mitsugi and Mason. How are you, Mason?
0: Uh we're doing alright. We are doing Yeah, alright is the word I wanna use. I'm actually really sleepy today. Okay. But as it usually is, whenever we come in feeling like really tired, by the time we get like geared up for the main podcast, we're ready to go. So I know in due time I will be excited.
1: Well, this is like a warm-up, you know, it's like uh, it's it's like when you're stretching before you play soccer or something. So.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: All right, well, today on the podcast, it's uh, a mixed bag. I played a lot of video games this week, so I'm going to be talking about that. I platinum Dragon Quest XI, and I am pretty sure that, man, Dragon Quest XI might be the best JRPG of either the PS3 or 4. I don't know, I want to talk about it. Um, I, I cracked open Spider-Man, the PlayStation 4 game, because it was just recommended by everybody, so I'll have a few words to say about that. And I played the demo of Scarlet Nexus, which is a, an anime that's out right now, or it will be out in a few days. So I guess it's releasing concurrently with the game. So And that was a pleasant surprise, so we'll talk about that. And Mason is going to discuss the second half of his road trip, and he wrote books with many O's. BOOKS! Or BOOKS. Or is it like a scary book? Oh, and I, and I started watching Creep, uh, creep the horror movie. I don't know if I'll talk about that, but um, if we have time, maybe. So, Mason, when, when we left off on your road trip, I believe you were in Pittsburgh.
0: Yes. Yes, I had completed day one of the road trip. I had driven eight hours from Chicago to Pittsburgh, walked all over the city, ate all sorts of food, and then... I guess moving along for day two, um, woke up at around ooh, seven o'clock in the morning or so, got a decent night's sleep, uh, went downstairs, had a little cereal with my, my host, my Airbnb oh. uh, person was just like, Hey, can I offer you in some bananas and cereal? And I was like, I can't refuse a man to just eat <laughs> in the story. Hey, you're paying for them. You might as well eat them. Yeah, exactly. Uh it was a very nice meal this guy as I might have alluded to last week. His house was very elaborately decorated with all this just stuff. It was very eclectic and all over the place with pottery and rugs that covered every square inch. And it turns out that he was hmm. and maybe I already talked about this. He was like the head of the museum of like natural science, like that was just on the street. So, like, what he, he managed this entire place, well, the, the museum, for years. And now he's retired and, I guess, decorated his home like mm-hmm. it was a museum almost. And it's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> and he's been acquiring stolen goods for decades.
0: Exactly. Just uh, swiping it off travelers as they go. Just ancient uh, Asian pottery <laughs> that they might be carrying. And now he's uh, adorned his shelves with them. But it was very nice. I uh, played with his dogs for a bit. And... You know, it was just an interesting abode. But nonetheless, speaking of interesting houses, I left Pittsburgh. I drove an hour or so south, southeast-ish, and I visited Frank Lloyd Wright's Falling Water. Uh, Mm. If any of you guys know anything about architecture, Frank Lloyd Wright is a, I'd say, one of the most popular and well-known and beloved American architects uh, of all time, I'd say. He is work is kind of renowned and almost every home he's built that isn't currently being lived in is in some way a little exhibit that you can go to and visit because he just was an exemplar of so many, I don't know, concepts that just feel right to be in and are cool to experience. It's not like some crazy abstract new age type of stuff, but it's very open concept and just worth checking out just go to any image site that you like probably google images and just search up frank lloyd wright and you'll see just examples of really cool homes but falling water is probably his magnum opus and you're
1: an you're an architect right i are you an engineer right mason i'm
0: an engineer so i have you know some baseline level of you know architecture experience i took classes like that in high school Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, a cousin who's an architect and, you know, I think you could look at it from a design side and a engineering side and be like, wow, it's so cool how we built this like multi-level house that like spans over these gaps and is built on top of a waterfall and has like these elements at play. But I think it inherently is appealing for anyone who just enjoys, if you just think of it as a big work of art that you can live in, there's something to be said about that as well. So. Look up Falling Water. You'll see some cool images, and you'll be like, "Wow, that's a neat house." And I visited it, and that's all that really happened. All right. Essentially, moving on though, left Falling Water, went onto the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and now that's a turnpike. Oh my God! Yeah. That was up and down and around through hills, through forests, twists and turns. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Though I saw an interesting group of signs that maybe i'm just reading too much into it but you know sometimes you you go through these like channels with steep steep cliffs on either side and sometimes the sign would say like you know big yellow diagonal warning sign that says falling rocks
1: yeah which, we see that here too in, in colorado which
0: yeah indicates you know hey there's you know things that could channel rocks down onto the roadway, you know, be mindful of that, be aware of it. But then there were also some signs, diagonal, yellow, that said fallen rocks. Fallen? Like the past tense. No, there was falling and fall in. Fallen. <laughs> okay. And I was like, so does that mean that the rocks fell and they're just sitting in the road and they're like, yeah, we won't pick them up. <laughs> but no, like I, I wonder why the difference in like tense to determine the danger of rocks. Maybe they know. just fucked up. It's very possible. Maybe they just misheard the same way you and I just miscommunicated, and they're just like, fallen rocks, sure. And the other guys are like, well, we got falling rocks over here. So I don't know what's more dangerous, but either way, I thought that was amusing. Well, uh, it, going it is Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, man. You just never know it what is. The hell you're going to run into.
1: Was the road all busted up, too?
0: Like under, under no, no, they were fine. They were fine. Oh, okay. But speaking of running into stuff in Pennsylvania... Mm. Have you ever seen the movie Hidalgo? Mm. It's, is it like a dog sled show? No, that is the Viggo Mortensen, the guy who plays Hidalgo. Clearly, the guy not, from uh, Lord of the Rings. He takes place in this gigantic horse race across uh, a continent. I forget what continent it is. It's essentially steel ball run, except. You know, it's just people on horses on a huge race across the continent. And it's a pretty good movie. And in one of the scenes, there's like a a swarm, what they think is a dust storm, but then it turns out to be like just a huge wave of locusts that like sweep through the air and everyone has to take shelter. Well, at some point in Pennsylvania, I don't know what they were. I don't know if they were the cicadas coming out to hatch. I don't know if they were some other sort of bugs. But there was just this swarm of massive bugs that just started rocketing into my windshield at like a relative speed of at least 85 miles an hour. And over like a two-minute stretch, I was like bombarded, and my windshield was just lighting up with all these bugs just exploding what, against it. What kind and of, it was so weird. What kind of bugs were there?
1: Are they? I know we're having less
0: cicadas I mean, this year, but... yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell what type of bug it is when it's exploded on your windshield <laughs> like they just they I, I would say at least one every couple seconds were just like and they just splattered it was so disgusting and I was just like uh, uh, oh boy and like like I almost like felt tempted to throw my wipers on because there were just and it was just over like a two minute stretch there's just a swarm of bugs and then they were gone and uh I don't know it was really whack it was really disgusting my car needs uh, a car wash and that was probably the last interesting thing that happened in Pennsylvania well
1: for, for, yeah for a, for a yeah. state with so many people and so many big cities in it it doesn't seem like a whole lot ever you don't you do not really hear a lot of news from Pennsylvania honestly so it's kind of like the most like it's the most major and yet unassuming state in the country I don't know it's kind of
0: yeah it's it definitely goes. Pretty big, but you know you got Pittsburgh on the west end. You have Philadelphia on the east end, and I guess not too much in between, except bugs. But nonetheless, to kind of wrap up the road trip, I made a little detour to go to my one of my favorite restaurants of all time, like absolutely one of my favorite meals and dishes that you can possibly order in the United States right now. Uh, it's a place in like like. Lake Hiawatha, New Jersey, called Kebab Paradise. Uh, and, and, you, and anyone been to this place before? I've been to this place before. I used to live kind of close to it when I worked out in New Jersey. And I would go there at least, at least once a week to have a dish called the Mixed Euro Platter, which you're just like, oh, it's some place in New Jersey with this, like, platter thing. Like, what's it going to be? Uh, it's It's just simply amazing. It's essentially a version of Kabuli Palau, which is very difficult to look up online because it's spelled differently at every different place. But Kabuli Palau is Afghanistan's national dish. It is like steamed rice with raisins and carrots and beef and lamb and chicken and all these sauces and spices and aromas and herbs. And it is, every time I go there, it tastes a little bit different, but it's always spectacular. And the size, the the quantity of food... The, the cost mm. the quality of the ingredients the flavor it is immeasurable like i've driven i've made some road trips like just to go to this place just to have this dish because it's one of my all-time favorites and after being away for like two years uh it's as good as it ever was so if you ever come visit me in connecticut i will be more than happy to drive another two hours out of my wow. way to take you to kebab paradise Man, you which f- fucking love it it's it's so good it's so good. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I need to shill it because anyone who's like ever going through that area, I'm like, oh, have you been to this restaurant? You, you need to go there. Your life depends on it.
1: Well, there's a place uh, I went, We hit a we hit up a place here in Denver a, a few weeks ago called Jerusalem. I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but it's it was basically I don't like, a, so. like an Israeli food uh, place, and the food sounds pretty similar to what you just described. You know, there's like tabbouleh and. And kebabs and lamb and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. it was really fucking good too, you know. um So, and they sell like fresh baklava and all that. So if you if you uh, ever come back to Denver, you know we can swing by. uh Heck yeah, swing by. Yeah, there's just Jerusalem. like an, an
0: earthiness and like I don't know savoriness of that Middle Eastern cuisine that I just adore. So uh, that was good, and the trip was really easy good driving not too much traffic i was making great time until like i was like an hour away from home there was like a crash that just spontaneously added like an hour and a half of like sitting in like stalled traffic mm-hmm. i was like so close to the end and it delayed it but nonetheless i made it home mission accomplished uh in the in the past as i'm telling the story i survived and now i'm here today to say good job me so it's like that a- was it
1: it's, like, the worst. You're so you're so close from home, but but yet so far, you know, you're just, like, yeah.
0: you're only, like, an hour away, and here you are waiting in traffic. And it was just, like, the, the traffic was dead stop. Like, there was no movement for, like, 10 minutes at a time, and you'd inch forward, and then you'd stop again. And I was, like, oh, no, it's some massive accident. Like, constantly, we had to keep on pulling to the side of the road to let, like, four or five police cars and, like, one fire truck through. I was, like, oh, boy, this is going to be a nightmare. This is going to be... That accident, I get up to where it was, and essentially it was just one car slightly dinged the side of the road, and this guy was just like holding everything up, and it was just like the most lackluster like accident ever, which is good because people weren't injured, but come on, you're going to waste my time for that? Poor so, Shane. So, so do you choose to
1: drive because you just want to see things on the way, or is there another... Because it seems like a long drive. I mean,
0: it's... Yeah, I I drove it back, you know, a year ago when I was going out there because I uh, was asked to play hockey in a hockey tournament out in Michigan. Mm, So one of my reasons for going back, in addition to seeing the family, was, you know, I had to bring all my hockey stuff. And that's expensive to ship out. And flying at that time was not very uh, much uh, a good idea so right i gotcha. because i drove out i had no choice had but no to drive choice. back yeah, i gotcha but it wasn't too bad all right well and i uh i can talk about the audiobooks i listened to on the way but i'm more interested for now for the sake of time uh to hearing about your platinum i think
1: well dragon quest 11 is um a pretty involved platinum uh you know dragon quest 11 is a you know the latest installment of in the major in the main line of Dragon Quest games, which came out. Then we'll see the definitive edition came out last year, and if you're gonna buy it now, that's the one you'd want to get. You know, it's got like the meta score, The Metacritic score is like a 91 on, P, on the Switch. Um, you know, I don't I don't think they have it rated for PS for PS uh, for, for PS4 or for the definitive edition, but. You know, it came out like it came out originally like maybe three or four years ago, and then they they re-released it since and and um it's a very involved platinum. I mean the there's just a lot of collecting to do. There's a lot of crafting to do. There's you know there's like 60 side quests and they and they ask you to do 40 of them. There's a lot of optional bosses, and you know it was kind of funny because I started I started playing this game again because I hurt my arm playing Sekiro because. Uh, you know, whatever, because I've because I've been having I've had tendonitis on and off for you know ten years or whatever. You've all heard about it at some point. And Sekiro, I just like I can't play right now. So I'm so I picked up Dragon Quest Eleven, and boy am I glad I did because it turns out this game has like three post games, and I was only like halfway through the story. <laughs> I mean, it was like there was a ton more to do, and it's I, I'm I'm gonna try to stay away from spoilers, but like it's just like this game where where you, you get to the certain point in the story and you feel like the you feel like you've beaten the final boss and you're in the post game and you're just gonna like mop up you know whatever you want to do yeah but no there's there's literally a whole bunch of story left um that's very involved you know tons more cutscenes tons more voice everything's overed. and the game literally goes through. I think there were probably three different points at which I thought the game was over and yet it continued and it's very just
0: like persona.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like that. Exactly. It's very long. Um, it's got a lot to do. The world is very, it's very open for a JRPG. Like you can, you can go and like there, you can walk from town to town through like the landscape so you can teleport. But when you get to like a, to when you get to a city, m- uh, a surprising number of doors in the city that are for you know for buildings or whatever open and you can go in. So there's like a lot of these games. Like I'm playing the Spider-Man game right now, and one thing. I, and these games are totally different. But one thing I would note that I'm going to note about the Spider-Man game, and I'll say it in a few minutes, is that even though the city is very large and there's like a lot of cars and people walking, you really can't go in anywhere. Like there's no, you can't just walk into a building. Um, so the city feels a little less alive than it really um, otherwise could, I think. Whereas the Dragon Quest game is very open. You can just stroll right into pretty much any building and there's people in there to talk to or whatever. But this game is like, you know, if, if, if for, for those of you that haven't played it yet, I mean, Dragon Quest is, you know, it's been a consistently good game franchise for a long time. And this might be the best of all of them. You know, I've played all of the modern Dragon Quest games and this one might is probably... Oh man, you know, I used to say Dragon Quest 8 was like the benchmark for Dragon Quest and I think that this one is pretty solidly up there. I mean, there's really no negatives about it. Um, I don't know what you'd say really, you know, as far as a negative. And the ending is just so satisfying. Like they take you through all these different, you know, you you beat the boss, you beat the you beat the final boss, you beat the final boss after that and then, you know, and then there's another post game and it's just like you're wrapping up you know your your relationships with your party members and and uh, and it just ends in a way that is very you just feel very satisfied as a as a gamer and yet I feel sad because the game is over and it perfectly just illustrates at the very in the very last seconds that this game is already you know that the franchise is already going to continue they did now they did they did announce Dragon Quest Twelve. Um, you know, I I won't spoil it, but like when you watch the final moments of the last cutscene, it's pretty clear that they're indicating that this is an adventure that's going to continue, not as a direct sequel to Dragon Quest Eleven because I don't think they've ever done that, but as you know, Dragon Quest Twelve will come out, and 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 it, I think it's going to come out. I don't think they have a release date, but they said, oh man, I don't know. Let's see, Dragon Quest Twelve release date
0: i don't think yeah i know is- we talked about it last time but there wasn't one at the time yeah
1: i don't think there is one yet but there's no release date yet but they did announce it they said it's going to have a darker more more mature uh theme to the story because dragon quest stories are normally pretty like light-hearted and you know pg rated for the most part so maybe pg 13 i don't know but um it was really good so for those of you that haven't played it yet and you'll You know Jones Jones for those JRPGs once in a while. This is probably one of the better ones you're gonna find, you know, as far as a JRPG goes. And um, and I played and I was trying to decide what to play next. And because I discovered that the DLC for 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 Final Fantasy VII remake does not come out on PS4, which I think is a, a huge error on on the part of Square because there's 110 million or whatever ps4 ps4 users and only like just not even maybe 10 million people have a ps5 at this point so it's like okay well you you can definitely service the eight (laughs) percent of the people that could that could have bought this but but no that's it's just silly so basically if yeah it it doesn't make any sense to me that that they chose to do that but you know whatever and so i couldn't play that so i was like well what am i going to do and I'm on the PlayStation store and they're promoting Scarlet Nexus right now which is a an anime um that's also airing at the moment um that I'm I think I have it actually as as one of my impressions and so I was like well you know try this game out because the the trailer video looked pretty interesting. And so I so I yeah. and, it, and it has a free playable demo. Go ahead, Mason.
0: Oh, I was just going to say it seems like a great time to uh you know, give it a shot, get some preliminary expectations in because i feel like mixed media projects are starting to become more and more prevalent Mm -hmm. in anime
1: yeah it's um yeah i i think it's interesting it makes you feel like you're in like the meta or something when you're playing a game and you're like anime is also out i'm not really sure but but um the game is a full price game 60 bucks and i'm not really one to buy a 60 dollar game unless it's A game that I, unless it's a franchise that I just cannot wait even a day to play, you know, which is, which aren't, which there aren't that many of right now. And, but it it did have a free demo, a playable free demo, and that doesn't always happen. So I was like, well, you know, I might as well download the free playable demo and see if I like this game or not. And I know nothing about the story of of Scarlet Nexus, and I honestly skipped some of the, like, some of the tutorial stuff, but the game is. Pretty good. Like it's definitely better than I expected for a you know because since since it had an anime, I figured oh well it's just gonna be this crap game that they kind of tacked on after the fact. And um, but the game is like pretty good. I mean it's 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 definitely an action RPG, and it's a mixture of um, pretty solid-looking anime cutscenes that are they feel like cel shaded almost like the characters. It's it's it, it looks pretty good. I would say. And the it's voiceovered of course and the voiceovers seem pretty good. And it has that kind of um sort of blend between a cutscene and, and the gameplay where like they'll stop and like the characters' faces will appear on the screen and they're and they kinda talk to each other, but they kind of have like those slash marks off on the sides where they kind of they kind of fracture into the screen and they'll they'll have like dialogues with each other, you know what I mean, while the gameplay is still present. And uh I don't know you just like this you're just like this this group of uh soldiers sort of that are going through this city that I guess is a just dist- it looks kind of like Tokyo but it I guess it's like a destroyed city that is infested with these others and the gameplay is it's it's a it's a little devil may cry like I mean uh in that you are switching between weapons and juggling enemies up in the air, and and uh, targeting weaknesses, and stuff like that, and it's very much like a fast, rapid, button-button-pressing action RPG, The where you move nice. most- I like on,
0: those. What's that? I, I enjoy those. They give you a lot of room for experimentation, but it doesn't force you into playing one particular way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean- Are there, like, the grading systems? You mean, like, awesome,
1: excellent, like, stylish- yeah. I didn't really see see that really. I think you de- you definitely get points for your performance in battle though, but gotcha. it doesn't like constantly have like a. So like if you do better in battle, it does you do get like rewarded with experience and money or whatever. But I don't I don't think it it's not quite it's not quite that overtly Devil May Cry, but it is a it is on a the game does run on like a linear path for the most part, which is, a, you know, to some people a negative I'd say, but it's a lot like Devil May Cry in that you know the stages are pretty linear and you'll run into some, you'll run into a group of enemies and you clear them out and then you you know you move on and but the game is um it's pretty it's pretty interesting like you can switch between different powers like there's telekinetic powers there's teleportation powers i have a power i had a power that like was pyrokinesis so you kind of channel your pyrokinesis and in doing so you kind of call upon the power of like another person in your in in your group or wherever the fuck they are Cause like the pyrokinesis girl's like it's like okay let's do it she'll kind of like pop up and then your sword like lights on fire or and then when you kill an enemy you can like you, you do quick time events to like rip it like rip its like critical components off of it or whatever and I don't know it looks pretty good you know I I I don't it's got about an 80 on Metacritic so you know and the user score is 7.9 so. It's it's not bad. You know, I don't know if I'll get it. I might get it if I think the anime is really great and the, and the price drops. But it's not, for me, it's not a $60 purchase.
0: How long has it been out for?
1: Oh, this game is brand new, man. It came out um, two days ago.
0: Oh, okay. So this is, <laughs> it might need a couple more user reviews before i would trust that 80 but that's a good start at least
1: yeah it's got 53 critic reviews and 41 user reviews so it's, it almost has that's, no that's user scores bit. but it's been pretty
0: widely sco- reviewed
1: by critics at this point okay yeah so, and and how
0: long is the demo um
1: the demo is a it's about um maybe half an hour so okay. you, you i
0: might check that out then
1: yeah i mean it's f- for sure i mean it's totally free you play through one stage of like the city and the city I mean, it looks the game looks good. Like it doesn't it doesn't look like a cheap game at all. Like they definitely have some, you know, I can't speak to all aspects of the game because it's just the demo. But at least in this one sort of stage where you're battling through enemies, it it definitely looks good. So and the gameplay is fluid enough that I don't think it would become super boring. So it's worth checking out. Okay,
0: putting it on my list right now. Scarlet Nexus. Yeah,
1: we'll see how you feel about it, you know i am um, I, I had trouble playing the demo because i skipped all of the tu- all of the tutorials and it's it's not quite as obvious as, as most <laughs> of these games are so i was i was having a hard time understanding what all the meters were on the screen and how to use my powers and all this other shit so i definitely wouldn't skip the tutorial necessarily gotcha no
0: no one wants to spend 20 minutes on the tutorial for 20 minutes of gameplay at well, that point just I get it just yeah. yolo okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no that, that you was know my, me uh, that was my I'm the too. kind of guy who reads the instructions, so I uh, I'll do the tutorial and see how that plays out. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Well, it certainly had a pretty big promo on Play- PlayStation Network. It had like the entire screen. Like a lot of times, it's like they'll they'll be like, "What's hot?" and there'll be like four games or whatever, or six games. Mm-hmm. And it, this was the whole fucking screen. <laughs> it's like they it, it, they like who made this game? It's uh man, no, it's Bandai Namco. So I guess that makes sense. So Bandai Namco definitely ponied up some some promo some promo money for PlayStation Network. Um, but ultimately, I bought the Spider-Man game because it was cheaper and um, it had been recommended probably ten times by now from different people. And it's supposedly like a jokingly easy platinum trophy. Like it's almost like you just play the game and you get the trophy. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that's pretty nice. And you know, and apparently it got Game of the Year when it came out because they have a Game of the Year edition on PlayStation that is $40 and i guess it comes with all the dlc and i don't think that you can even get the just the standalone game anymore at this point but you can you they sell it with the dlc for 40 bucks and boy it's really good have you played the spider-man game
0: so i have i went to a friend's house and he had it on the ps4 and he's just like ah, i got to you know run somewhere use the bathroom or something and he just tossed me the controller uh, and I just, like, messed around for, like, 45 minutes, I'd say. Yeah. And I distinctly remember, I know you mentioned it being an easy Platinum, but I did not know any of the controls, and my friend had said it on the hardest difficulty, and I, I mean, maybe just because I'm an elite gamer, but I just felt like, even then, like, it was easy to, like, just take out the enemies, like... Maybe I was just in an easy area, but like I feel like if you get tossed in the middle of the game, no control knowledge, on the hardest difficulty, you shouldn't be able to just breeze through like multiple zones and waves of enemies. I just felt like it just might be an easy game or the settings were not... But regardless, it was fun. It was enjoyable to play. So that's my only experience with it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think what I'd say is the game is fairly easy, but... Um. Only once you not sort not that of games,
0: not that games have to be difficult to no, be I'm good. Not. I'm just uh, uh, it, it put me off off of like really investing in it. If I was like, well, there's uh, anyway. Sorry, go ahead.
1: I I put it on the third out of four th- out of four on the difficulty. There's four difficulties, and I'm playing it on the third on the third one, and mostly because I want to have at least some challenge. And but I realize that this game doesn't require you to play it on any particular difficulty to get the platinum trophy so otherwise i would have put it on hard or whatever or extra hard Mm -hmm. i think i have it on about hard but there is there is another difficulty above this and i'd say the game is pretty easy but the game is only easy once you understand certain things about the combat so if you um just if you're not if you're unaware of, of how the game's combat really functions and Um, And you just jump into a cold. I think that there are some things that pose challenges. And I'm guessing that you probably started in the middle of the game with with like where your Spider-Man guy was like probably, you know, level 20 or 30 or something. Because I've noticed that as the game progresses and you get higher and higher level ups and you acquire new skills, the, the game is becoming easier and easier. Um, and I think that's, maybe
0: that's what it was. I had, you know, a ton of, a bevy of options of gadgets and gizmos to throw at them. And that probably just gave me too many options and I just steamrolled.
1: Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I mean, it's getting to the point where, you know, at first I couldn't do much of anything to an enemy. Like I could spider web him and then, you know, that would be great. And that, and then, and then it was, oh, I can grab him and I can swing him in a circle and throw him at enemies. Then it was, I can grab him and swing him in a circle and throw him, but when he's swinging in a circle, it will hit, will damage every enemy that's anywhere near me. Now it's, I can literally keep hitting triangle and keep spinning him like a blender and just keep spinning him. And it just, it becomes easier and easier. And and uh, really the only thing in the game that I would say poses any challenge whatsoever are that being shot at by guns. But again, you learn a skill where you can just rip the guns right out of the enemy's hands. And um, once you realize that like, when like the little white line shows up that sort of connects you to Spider-Man to an enemy, that means the enemy is about to shoot you. And all you have to do is push, push circle a couple times and he'll just roll out of the way and you can't, you can't really get hit. They're like invincibility Mm -hmm. frames or whatever. Um, but boy, the game is really good. I mean, it's, it's pretty much, um, everything that I think you could possibly ask for, except for, as I said, the, the buildings, like the city doesn't feel very alive to me. It feels like, yeah, I mean it, it's beautiful. The graphics are, are insane. You know, the city looks beautiful. It's very large. Actually, it's, I'd say it's massive. Actually, it's like fucking gigantic. But, but like if I if I land on the street and walk down the street, you really can't do a lot. Um, at least not at this point in the game that I'm at, and I'm I'm, I'm about twenty percent of the way through the story, and that is to say the game is pretty short. Um, but. You know, it has this, it has three skill trees where you can level up your skills. There's like web, there's like web using skills. There's like evasion skills, and then there's combat skills. There's lots of gadgets you can buy and upgrade for your suit. So, like at first, I just had a normal web, and now I have a web where I can shoot people and like literally splatter them against walls. So like you have different types of webs. Um, and there's like, it's a lot like. Man, it's a these games are very prevalent now, but it's a lot like it's a very similar game to something like Sekiro, or not Sekiro. Um, uh, what was that other samurai game that is Ghost of Tsushima? In, uh, in yeah, the, in the sense that you're basically going from icon to icon on the map, completing story missions that offer you quite a lot of experience. But while you're going from place to place, there are icons all over the map that are sort of side quests, sort of so to speak. So there's there's um. Fisk, who's like the one of the bad guys in Spider Man. His like thugs still have these like base base camps set up. So you go in and you clear out these base camps with enemies. Well, I ever seem to recall in Ghost of Tsushima you had like fort or, like forts or whatever that had lots of enemies in them. So there's that. There's um there's like taking photos of landmarks, which I think is really dumb. But, you know, whatever. I have for some reason I have to do photography while I'm playing my fucking Spider Man game, which I think is ridiculous. Um there's connect collecting backpacks that have like Spider Man's gadgets in them or artifacts, whatever the fuck. He put them like all over the city, I guess, for whatever unknown reason. I don't know where he got all I don't know where he got fifty-five backpacks, but you know, and then there's like various crimes that pop up, which, you know, to me are this is all just like the various sort sorts of like, oh, let's go sit in a sauna. Let's go chase the fox. Let's have a duel. You know, all these things that were in Sekiro. Um but you know, they're not as numerous as they were in Sekiro, and at least they don't seem as numerous. And really, the 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 best thing about the game is the combat. It's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> it's really, really good. I mean, it's... Um, Spider-Man is so agile in this game. He is... Man, I don't know how anybody could ever fight him. He's so fast. But, like, you know, it's like an enemy's going to punch you. Well, you can just slide between his legs. You can backflip over him. And kick him right in the face as you're, you shoot him with a web as you're flying over him like you can do anything it's like the gameplay is un, is remarkable uh and my hunch is that that's why this game got game of the year is because the gameplay is just literally a master class and whatever you want to call it so it, it 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 moves just as well as any action game i've ever played so and looks just as good too so I'm not really sure where the story is going. I'm not that far on the story, but this game is is really quite good. And while I don't think it's perfect, it's um, it's going to be a pretty fun ride for about honestly probably two weeks, and then I'll have the platinum within two weeks probably. But but uh yeah, nice. Yeah, this is definitely worth. If people that don't have this game, it's definitely worth getting. I'm not a Marvel honk. Like I'm not going to like you know, whip whip my penis out and swing it around (laughs) because Marvel came out with a new movie. But this game is uh. Pretty fucking good, even for people that don't give a shit about Marvel. Although I will say that Spider Man's probably my favorite, Mar- my favorite of the Marvel heroes. So,
0: I assume it comes with the DLC, but does that include the Miles Morales stuff? It does not. I don't think it does. Okay. So. I assumed it didn't, but I didn't want to assume.
1: I don't understand the Miles Morales thing. Like, is it a different game? Is it the same game with a different
0: like character skin? Like, I don't understand what it is. I assume it's a. A different game, oh. different missions, different elements. Just not a full fledged forty hour experience, but a hmm. I I don't know. I haven't played it, but I got the impression that it was just a a short a shorter game, and I didn't think it was like a full sixty dollars.
1: Well, it definitely didn't get as good of reviews as the original, but uh, I I think it I think it's pretty expensive. Like here it is on Amazon, it's fifty bucks. So. I don't know. You're not gonna catch me p- paying fifty bucks to play the same game again. I guess is my point. So I I don't know much about it, but yeah, we'll see. I don't even know who Miles Morales is. Cause I, I just oh yeah, I guess
0: it was a full seventy dollars for the uh, for the PS5 version.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'd be pretty careful about buying a game that could be the same game again, especially digitally because you can't really return them. So.
0: Oh look at that. The Neo two remastered is on the thirty bucks. Ooh man, you'd be really cool if you bought that, but <laughs> I still have Neo One, I haven't played it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You don't need to play Neo One. Why? Neo two's a prequel anyway. It's, it's just better. not as good as Neo two. Well Neo two just took everything and ramped it up mm. a little bit more. Gotcha.
1: Well, hey, guys, um, you know, I'm going to keep playing this and it's probably all I'm going to play. Although Disgaea 6 comes out next week, but I've heard some unfortunate things about Disgaea 6. So I will probably buy it anyway, but not if it ends up getting a 50 on Metacritic. <laughs> we'll have to see when it comes out. But yeah, I heard some unfortunate things about that. So it really sounds like the Disgaea franchise is you know, flaming out like they're at, they're on like their sixth game and no one gives a fuck anymore. And the budget is, is, is reflecting that sort of. So, but we have a guest on the podcast today, so maybe I should uh, play us out. What do you think?
0: I think so. All
1: right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to hobby addicts as always. Thanks for contributing to the podcast. Thanks for being a bunch of nerds. And uh, as always, we'll see you next week, probably with Caroline, I imagine. So, we'll see what she have we'll see what she was up to while she was gone so see you guys bye have a good one see
0: ya